All right, welcome back to the Radical Fabulatorium. I'm your host, John Adamian, and now joined with a couple members of Willful Disobedience, Mike and Chuck. How's it going, guys? All right. Great, man. Yeah, just make sure that mic's right nice, right up to your face. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I put it inside my mouth? Yeah, you can swallow it if you want. Okay. All right, so how's it going, guys? Uh, uh, yes. Pretty good? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, cool. So uh, you got a show coming up this Saturday at the Panic Room? Yeah. Cool. You want to tell me about that? I thought it was Friday up until about three or four minutes ago. Thought it was Friday? <laughs> yeah. It is Saturday, right? I only know yeah. that because my buddy, Sean Smith, and yeah. uh, Heat Seeker just messaged me. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess it's Saturday. Confirming yeah, Saturday. Probably look at the dates, I suppose. Yeah, it's all good though. Is that with uh, artificial dissemination? Yeah, cool. From Ontario. From Ontario, yeah. yeah. Are you playing just the one one gig with them, or are you? Just the one gig. The with one them, gig, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, there was supposed to be a show in Moncton, but it fell through. It fell through. Cool. Well, I mean, not cool, but it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. So actually, the Panic Room. So I, I kind of wanted to ask you about the Panic Room because that's been a pretty important important venue for the scene right yeah yeah oh yeah yeah it's, it's what i don't know it's going on like eight years now or something like that eight or nine years mm. i don't know yeah i would i would have said seven but i'm not sure yeah i'm trying to think of the first time i played there it's changed locations a few times right yes yeah. yes absolutely yes yeah. it's, it's a it's a spirit, not a location. It's a okay. I like that. It's a spirit, not a location. Yeah, yeah. The first one was great. There was a hole in the roof, and uh, that was the only way out if it ever got uh, lit on fire. That was the uptown location. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did that ever happen? Did you have to ever like jump out the roof? <laughs> no. 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 Saw some pretty crazy stuff there, though. Uh, an old Fredericton man wrecked him a pain. Okay. Saw the singer wrecked him a pain, lay a tarp out on the floor, and uh, butt chug a beer in front of everybody. That was, <laughs> okay. That was, what? Pre- that was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. You witnessed the butt chug with your own eyes? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been. Yeah. I wasn't there for that. It, it, was, it was fast. It was, it was really fast. Okay. Yeah. You'd be surprised just how fast you can follow <laughs> a whole beer up your ass. <laughs> all right me. that's exciting okay cool so that's at the panic room yeah so that's cool it's nice to have venue uh like so i mean so is it it's been the same owner the whole time jay i don't know if it's an owner or it's, i guess he said it's, it's a, spirit, it's a so collective it's right a collective? it's a spirit yeah. not an a organizer yeah he's definitely uh would we say organizing spearheading, <laughs> spearheading it okay because that's a typical problem right running out of venues especially for punk and metal Oh yeah, Metal yeah, yeah. That'll always. It seems like you get you get a you get a chance. You get you know you kind of get your head a little bit above water, and then mm-hmm. something comes in and cuts it right down. And, yeah, yeah. I was talking to a band from Victoria and the younger guys, and they were talking about their woes with venues, and it was just like same old story. Like they're probably like early twenties. Mm. I'm near forty now, so it's like yeah, same old story. Just they're a couple shows at a venue gets shut down, or someone complains, or something stupid happens, and. And then it just rolls into a new one. Yeah, it's weird how you could. It never, it never works. It's always like a bar that's like half going out of business, and they're just trying to hold on. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, we'll let these people in, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they have a couple. They have a few good nights, and then they, you know, then they try to overdo it, and it just fades away, or you know, I don't know. It's a weird, weird thing. The one of the the most interesting parts about it is that sensation that you think that you're unique, and then. You know, like it's you know, something really special about your scene. And okay. And then, you know, you get out there and it's like, 
it's, it, people are experiencing the same sort of thing through this music uh-huh. all, all over the world. So, are you saying that's a good thing or a bad thing? If, if, if the scenes feel special, uh, I I, th- I think I think it's a good thing that it's happening for everybody because it's not so much that it's not so much that it's disappointing to find out that you're not unique if you know if you're if you revel in that mm-hmm. sensation. Okay, uh, but it's like you know it, it's it's good to know that this is something that is that impactful yeah that that many people share it and you know a lot of those situations yeah i mean everybody's got their unique situations you know yeah but they you know they've got this you know you've got this sort of shared experience as well Mm -hmm. it's like a formula right you know and there's a there's a formula that's that's bringing experience and knowledge to people all over it's pretty cool right interesting and with things being so you know the world being so small now yeah you know that a lot of that message is getting <clears throat> relayed a lot faster okay but for whatever reason people still can't get a fucking venue interesting and okay so again that makes me these guys these punk guys out in victoria they were saying like um they had like there's a group of like 16 year olds that are following them around from show to show mm. and they're super stoked about the scene and like it made me made us discuss like the all ages scene which is like always seems to be kind of a battle to continue, keep an all ages vibe going. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that here in the city? Like all ages is all like comes and goes in St. John the way it, it seems, or is, is all ages kind of like a, an afterthought here? Or how do you guys kind of view that? It's, I know it probably changes as you get older, but. I don't want to hijack the whole thing, Chuck. No, I, from what I remember, all ages shows never really happened. They never really happened. Yeah. Not in St. John. No, no. But <clears throat> recently we played PEI and there was like, three people at the show and they said oh it's too bad you didn't book an all-ages show like okay play in the middle of the day and you would have had like, yeah i guess pei is really oh. all ages heavy interesting yeah. but they want to do the the matinee shows or like just more people are interested yeah, in that, yeah. I guess. More with, kids. with the younger crowd you know they're not necessarily wanting to go out to the bars yeah like, you know maybe that's what it is it's understandable it well, the bar we played in was like <clears> definitely a place that like maybe a sensitive young person would not feel terribly comfortable in mm-hmm. it was a sportsman's lounge you know i mean it was a casino mm-hmm. smoking room yeah kind of, okay. kind of deal the dart dart hall mm-hmm. you know and i mean if you've never been in a fist fight before you might be a little nervous going in there and yeah you know drinking schooner and mm-hmm. yeah intimidated uh, I, I i do think that some people would feel a little bit intimidated about a location like that yeah mm-hmm. if they're not they don't come from i think that one of the, the best things about <clears throat> about you know punk and hardcore and stuff nowadays is that it is a little more not sensitive but not not as aggressive as mm-hmm. it was i mean the music still has a lot of aggression and i think you'll see that swing around again right you know the cycles of you know different epochs of, of punk rock have happened enough times i think they're you know third or fourth cycle of it mm-hmm. but uh but yeah, I, I think that's that's it's better that the kids aren't as violent, you know. But just as well, you know, if you're not violent, then you don't know how to deal with a bum with a jackknife in your face. So it's why true. would you why would you want to go down to Sportsman's Lounge and mm-hmm. smoke in the casino and <laughs> get robbed? You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, funny funny story about that show. There was uh, I was in a real salty mood. Remember how bad a mood I was in, Chuck? I remember. Yeah. 
and uh and i was thinking to myself ah, you know i don't i don't want to do this and uh and then one one kid showed up mm-hmm. and he was he would have been younger he would be 19 and uh he clearly had no problem going to the casino to have a good time and uh and i, I saw him walk in and he was carrying buckets and he had dreadlocks on and you know homemade patch pants and stuff and mm-hmm. i I, on one hand, I was kind of upset because I was like, "Oh man, now I have to." But I, I got up and I, 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 I gave it my absolute all for that one kid and a few yeah. other people. I think there was more than three, wasn't there? Yeah. That's four. Yeah, four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but those four people, man, that was that was like a crowd of, you know, twenty-five or thirty at least. Yeah. Um, cool. And that kid was nuts. Yeah. Like he was screaming. You know, it was just, it was, right it was and I, the only energy drinks they had were blue revs. <laughs> blue revs? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was sitting there like drinking a blue rev, just like, oh, just, I got to get through this. We got, we got to do this. Wow. And uh, so he, he gets on that. I like revs. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't. And so he, awesome. he kept buying me blue revs. And yeah. I was like, man, I don't, I'm like i'm an old man in my 30s like i'm gonna have a heart attack yeah. if i drink any more than two of these things <laughs> that's hilarious but uh more so to do with my weight than my age i guess <laughs> anyways yeah that's cool well you never know when someone like that's going to be in the crowd right like someone and and that could change their whole trajectory could inspire them in different ways yeah yeah and so i ruined my whole into- voice I, I ripped it right I, I mean i don't i don't sing four or five days in a row anymore right yeah and uh yeah i had to had to tear the whole thing out couldn't speak for weeks properly wow. yeah you left it all on the on the table is all, that the expression all for for scug all yeah. for scug all yeah. for scug that was the kid's name no he said oh, no. he introduced himself to us as skunk, skunk? but i okay. misheard him and i just I said skunk's a terrible name to myself and uh-huh. i said i'm gonna call him scug scug and so that's a good one skunk. yeah he yeah he that's his name cool whether he likes it or not sweet so when you were talking you mentioned earlier about how the um those scenes getting more sensitive but the music's still aggressive Mm. which is kind of the point of it right like the you need you can't you have to have some sort of aggressive outlet yeah but you are you talking about how the the aggressions in the music but not so much in like the way people act at the shows and off out in the streets and stuff like that in the punk scene specifically Yeah. yeah yeah i mean like it was it was very much like there were a lot of you know what a thugs jocks with mohawks you know that was really that was really a thing you know back in the the 90s and 2000s and stuff as i'm sure you know you yeah. know i remember playing sussex quite a few times and the place would fill right up and yeah you know and it's a bunch of goons like the band i was in you know i remember one time my bass player tried to fight like 12 guys <laughs> in the parking lot at that place in sussex yeah jubilee hall yeah <laughs> yeah were you one of those 12 guys you know what i'm talking about no i was no i'm a, i'm a full-on wussy i would never have even imagined i was oh, they, those... none of those guys would fight him he was i don't know if you remember him he played in his underwear i do yeah because he had the pack attack or something too right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and he was standing there screaming and the yeah. only one who would wanted to fight him with some girl on mushrooms and yeah that sounds familiar that sounds right yeah no no I, yeah i would not have even come close to showing aggression I promoted the shows though, so I may have been the one that booked it. Oh, I appreciate it, but yeah. uh, I was not in the the fighting mood. I would have been one of those guys being like, "Why is there fruit? like why are people kicking holes in the wall? Yeah, we're gonna lose the venue, stupid!" Trying, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like just trying to have some fun here. Uh, that's cool. All right, that's a neat. Well, I kind of like to hear that it's getting like yeah, keep the aggression in the music, obviously, because you need an outlet. 
but it's nice to be more accepting and, and inclusive and all that stuff. Yeah. So your album, dedica- is it Dedication or A Dedication? No, it's Dedication. Dedication? Yeah. And that was recorded at Mayhem Studios yeah. or Mayhem yeah. Rehearsal Space? Yeah. yeah. Is that the right? right? Yeah. Which is another kind of like key spot in the city, right? It's been around for a while. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's a rental hall. It's a rental hall, yeah. yeah. But jam rooms, like I've lived in St. John for seven years, but I've lived in many different places and jam halls are, are like rehearsal studios are always hard to come by. Seems like this place has been around for a while though. Is that right? Um, I'm not familiar with exactly how long it's been there, but yeah, I yeah. Mean, you know, could be 10 years. For 10 years, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the first time I went in there, and it had been around for a while. So they had like a skateboard ramp in there at one time, but cool. Yeah, yeah, it's been around, been around for a while. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just cool to see something like that um, stick around. Like, yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys realize that, but like when I was, I lived in Fredericton and spent time in Halifax, and mm. and obviously Sussex has no jam spaces, but it always seemed to be difficult to find uh, places to. Well, I always thought it was jam. really, really weird jamming in Halifax because I lived in Halifax too, and th- they rent this like really like what's that like what the hell's that place called? It's like underneath an L and M or something. It's on the north end. Uh, like, By the it's really nice, like yeah, and they're like really nice, pristine like jam rooms with good equipment and stuff. I don't know if I've ever been there. You, but... Yeah, I think you pay for the like by the night. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes it tough, though. Like, because at Mayhem, you can just leave your gear there, right? You rent the rooms. Yeah, you rent the room. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you guys jammed there. I just saw that you recorded, said the album was recorded there. But oh, we have a jam space. You do? Mm-hmm. Cool. And that was recorded by Eric Braun. Is that yes. correct? It was Easy he and Hart. Breeze. Sorry? EZ Breeze. EZ Breeze? Yeah. Is that his real name? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> was he in Hard Charger? Yep. Okay. Yeah, he sang on the second record, This Machine is Driving. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. And he's a guitar player too, right? He was a guitar player too. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. So how was that process, recording it? Was it live off the floor? Um, No. 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 No, we did drums and track bass and guitar. And okay, cool. Because the energy's there. Like when you listen to it, I would I would have guessed live off the floor. Like it feels like a, lo- a performance to me. Yeah, I'm sure Eric would appreciate that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have guessed for a second that it was like multi tracked or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's I awesome. Did a great job. Yeah, sounds really cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. So actually, it caught me right off the top. The song "Strike." So that's obviously about organized labor, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what's yeah. your what's your vibe there on organized labor? You want to get into that? I I think it's it's extremely important. Um, you know, every every member of the band currently is a member of a labor union. Oh, cool. uh, I think given the situation, you know, with with the way inflation and mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just the sort of state of of like the effects of the gig economy. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. you know, companies exploiting you know, and finding every workaround that they can within in labor laws that mm-hmm. were that people have kind of grown a little complacent to, you know, that that strength that comes in, you know, collective bargaining, litigation in favor of workers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's one thing that sometimes you don't know what to do or wh- how to do it or what you can do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when you're in a union, you've got people who are like, well, no, they can't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I just, I don't know. I just need to get a paycheck to feed my kids. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that, I think that that's one of the biggest things that 
I, I was thinking about this today because I wondered if you were going to ask me about that. Um, I think there's a lot of distractions out there to keep people distracted from that conversation. From the right? or, from organizing? Yeah, the there's there's a, there's a lot of various, um, you know, political hot points, mm-hmm. uh, news things, you know, things to sort of fascinate uh, people's emotions mm-hmm. to distract them. <clears throat> from from real uh, cut and dry, you know, bread and butter, if you will, situations like like working mm-hmm. and earning a living, and you know, trying to have a democracy in a society where you know people are treated equally, or albeit you know somewhat fairly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people get bogged down talking about. Um, you know, talking about things that matter to them, and that's that's fair, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, they don't matter to everybody, and, uh, you know, they're very polarizing. But I think if you ask most working people who are the majority, mm-hmm. that's the majority, uh, how they feel about, uh, about paying their rent, um, they're going to tell you pretty quick, right? Yeah. So, and, and the more people can see solutions for that, and then and solutions are provided for them, the better things that can go, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also a little, little scary. So you know, buckle up. Yeah, yeah. When you say scary, do you mean like it's scary to like stand up to an employer or like? What do you yeah, mean? yeah. And and the effects that it, like to take that to the farthest levels, right? Like that. You know, I mean, if you if you look at history and the history of of um, organized labor and you know what it took to get there mm-hmm. and um and, and you know it was some scary stuff right you know but you know, hey you know, kids shouldn't work you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. especially in dangerous things like coal mines right yeah, yeah you know and uh you know it's and that took that took some fighting yeah right well some of the headlines make it seem like south of the border it's going backwards they're talking about fourteen-year-olds being allowed to work in manufacturing facilities now. There again, you go. In certain states, right. there uh, I did a, I did a little project. I went back to school and uh, I did a little project when I was in school studying, and uh, I investigated the um, trends of the disparity between income between the rich and the poor, mm-hmm. and the cl- smallest the gap had ever been was at peak union membership. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in that time between the 50s and 70s mm-hmm. and the time that it started to immediately and quickly and exponentially separate was around when ronald reagan uh just to you know be a punk band for a second uh <laughs> and Ron- when ronald reagan um fired all the air traffic controllers and brought in trickle down economics uh-huh. yeah and so and so and it's been getting wider and wider and wider and wider ever since yeah yeah and it's pretty much undeniable at this point. <clears throat> oh, it, yeah. I mean, you know, the billionaires and three jobs and you still live in your car. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's, it's outrageous. Yeah. 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 And everyone's feeling it at the grocery stores nowadays. You can't like you can't hide that fact that when you go in and a loaf of bread, six bucks when it used to be three. I mean, you can't like, yeah, you can't even hide that at all. No. Yeah. No, and yeah, and you try to tell me, oh, it's because we're making better pharmaceutical profits, mm-hmm. right? It's like everybody's got the best excuse in the world, and it was to blame COVID. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. now, the oh, well, I got to charge you an extra 20 bucks because, 
you know, the truck couldn't get here in time. Mm-hmm. Well, that excuse works so many times and now you just lock it in. Yeah. And that's what that's what's happened. You just get used to and it. who do you t- think tells you to try to make more money? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's always, you know, it just cream rises to the top. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a vicious cycle. But do you think there's anything that organized labor could be doing better to promote themselves or... Is there anything that could be... So I used to be in the union at the pulp mill. Mm-hmm. I don't work there anymore, but I was in the Unifor union there. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and that was my first union experience. So it's kind of like what you said, like you learn about, wait, they aren't allowed to do this? Or like, there's someone there to support you. But at the same time, there's all those cliche things that people have to say against unions. Like, is, yeah. there, any, is, there, is there any way that the union could get out in front and... And promote it. I mean, Union Boston's been around for a really long time. Yeah, right, a real long time. You know, and and it's it's very easy to play on people's emotions to and pander to their their integrity, right? Mm -hmm. If I tell you that you're, you know, you're, you know, you're hard worker, you're better than somebody else, right? I mean, that's the that's the whole premise on a lot of really bad stuff, right? You know, and Mm -hmm. so. It's 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 a hard narrative to get in front of. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I think it's it's one of those things that's just for a lot of people. It's just got to be as bad as possible first. Like they got it. It's kind of that rock bottom situation. Got to yeah. hit rock bottom before you really want to make a difference or change. Yeah. I have to be honest. Sometimes I feel like that's where society. <laughs> that's where things are headed. It's not. Yeah. You don't think it is? No. No. You think things are good? I mean, I'm. No, I don't think things are good. Things are better for me than they've been, okay. you know. So cool. I, maybe I got rose-colored glasses, you know, and it's bad for a lot of people. It's mm-hmm. really bad, but there's, it's not, you know, it's not as bad as it can get. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's good. Well, though. no, not really. It's, well, I mean, it's because <laughs> it's still going there. It's still well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like we're yeah. on a collision course. I guess is what it feels like. But feels like it. Yeah. 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 So, okay, that's interesting. Have, have you guys ever been involved in a strike? Has that ever happened to, in your life? No. 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 Yeah, no. Probably, hopefully not, because that wouldn't be a good time. Uh, no. No, I mean, it's, you know, but it's it's got to be done. Like, I mean, I think back, uh, you know, a couple years ago, some good friends, the healthcare workers were were out there striking, mm, yeah. you know what I mean, and, mm-hmm. and, and laying it down and, you know. There's uh there's a lot of precedents that need to be set right now with the way technology is changing, you know, the the uh, what's happening down south and Hollywood and you know, there's a lot of lot of tricky stuff there that really needs to get hashed out and you know, that's the the heart of media, right? So those people are there working working on it and I think you'll see some really good stuff come out of that. Yeah. I think I think that uh that strike that that they're having in Hollywood is way more impactful than maybe some people will give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I mean, there's so much media out there to, you know, keep you, keep your brainwashed, you know, that you don't, you might not necessarily pay attention to it, but, uh, you know, my childhood crush Fran Drescher is out there, you know, she's crushing it. So mm-hmm. hopefully they, uh, they get some good wins down there. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a nice win because there's obviously big money in that industry, so that could set a precedent. Well, it also is like it's it's where every uh, every information comes from, right? I mean, you know, the basically the baseline of how most people think about 
you know what's around them and themselves comes from the what media they consume right mm-hmm. yeah kind of talking about uh, talking about like punk scenes and stuff right yeah you know interesting so okay um let's switch it up for a second here how how, how have you seen the scene change really like because you, you've been in the scene now for what 15 how do you want me to age you at all or 15 20 years uh yeah a little more than that for me yeah, yeah. have you have you noticed any like obviously ever seen ebbs and flows but have you noticed any like defining changes um not really no no it's i mean it's pretty much the same as it's always been i find yeah pretty steady state yeah i mean you can go to a punk rock show and have a good time doesn't doesn't matter Mm -hmm. you know there's many different crowds really yeah think about it but like types of crowds yeah just you know uh Different types of music bring out different types of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, age demographics. Like I was, you know, talking about. We were well. We were all talking about playing here, you know, back in the '90s and the early 2000s and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I remember a lot of formative years for myself were here for sure. Like right in this area and this, you know, in this studio. And yeah, because yeah. you, you were saying before we were on the air that you had a show here. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and played played downstairs in the cafeteria. Yeah, the cafeteria had shows, right? A few right? times, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, and when you're when you're sixteen, seventeen, you know, your experiences are a lot different than when you're like you know, mm-hmm. thirty two, and you know, your collections is calling, and you're sitting in the bar, and you're, mm-hmm. you know, your ex is screaming about child support, and you, know, <laughs> you just you just keep thinking about chewing on the barrel of a gun, right? I mean, that's a lot different than when you're. 17 yeah thinking about yeah candy and women yeah <laughs> more so yeah, candy I mean, the, the big wide open <laughs> road you know <laughs> yeah okay that's interesting um what about with bands coming through ta- so you got a couple shows coming up we mentioned the artificial dissemination yep. but then the rip chords as well yeah and do you, do you notice like do do the touring acts the, the out-of-town bands ebb and flow have you noticed any trends there like are they I know like, they, they all keep getting older. They keep getting, but they keep coming back. <laughs> yeah, they did. Some of them do. Some of them still come back. Some of them never play again. Now you're saying you don't or see you many get, younger touring bands. Is you, that kind of what you're getting no, at? No, no, that's not true. Um, you know, so there's, there's new fresh faces all the time. You you get a lot of like, um, you know, you get a lot of like mainstays. Like we're gonna play with Bomb Squad okay. here. Um, what three weeks, Chuck? Is that when that show is? Yeah, two or three weeks. Yeah. So that's at the Panicram too. It's a Bomb Squad and a band called Motherfuckers from Calgary. Okay, and Bomb Squad's from Ottawa. And like Matt, the cool. ba- the bass player, I don't even know what he's playing in Bomb Squad, but he played in Rip Chords, Whiskey Shits, you know, a handful of other bands through the years, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of like a Canadian punk rock staple. Cool, right? And uh, he's got. I think his drummer is there and from alcohol fueled, you know, like a lot of he's in Siggy and the Darts. You know, there's a lot of these bands that just kinda change members throughout the years, just like they do down here, right? Mm-hmm. Like how I'm leaving this band after the next handful of shows and uh 
Travis from Chainsaw Boogie, who I'm sure you know Chainsaw Boogie. I do, being yeah. from Being from Sussex, yep. he's, he, he's going to take a crack at filling in. Cool. And he sings Butthole to Butthole. Yeah, it's a great yeah. tune. Yeah. So why are you leaving? Because uh, I got four kids. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I uh, I work a lot. Yep. And right now it's just, it's hard to, hard to keep up with. Yeah. Hard to keep up with everything. So I've been doing it for a really long time. So I kind of need like a, I need a little, little scene break. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause you never really took a break. Eh? Cause you were in the, you are, are you still in the tasty wangs or uh, tasty that... wangs will never die. Never die. Okay. Yeah. Um, currently, uh, it's, it's, wouldn't say it's on life support, but, uh, you know, maybe going through a little chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I played in the wangs for well, 13 years. Yeah. You know, slug milk have been a part of that um, effort a little bit, not not too much, but um, and then you know before that and all gone dead. So you know, and I've had other little bands here and there in the mix of it. And mm-hmm. Always been really steady, going to shows and and playing shows and playing across the country. Yeah, you know, like uh, I'm really excited to see Dan, the singer from um, Motherfuckers, and uh, he's a great guy, right? Oh. And, uh, you know, time and spending time up in, uh, in Edmonton and hanging out with, you know, bands like Reefer Madness and Chips Boy and Ripperhead. And, uh, cool. You, you lived know. out there? Or you, you guys toured out there or what? No, I lived out there. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I just, I, sometimes I just go. Yeah. You know, spend like nine months out west. Yeah. You know, a lot of, well, the, the other three members of All Gone Dead ended up in Edmonton. So. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. They're all out there. You can have a reunion, little reunion when you're out there. Uh, of sorts. Of sorts. <laughs> what about you, Chuck? Have you been involved in the scene pretty much your whole um, whole go at her? Or, like, are you have you born and raised in St. John kind of deal? I moved to St. John beginning of high school. Okay. And uh, met Corey and a couple other guys, and we started uh, VD. VD. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's so we pretty much. I guess we broke up, not really broke up, just stopped playing shows mm-hmm. kind of early 2000s, took a break for a while. Yeah. Um, I think it was 2014 we re-recorded or played a sh- handful of shows, I guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, didn't really do anything after that. And then April 2021, Corey got a hold of me and asked if you know want to start something new so cool that, that turned was, into this that was the beginning of wilson mm-hmm. uh, chuck's wrote pretty much all the riffs to okay. all the songs yeah that was gonna be my next question yeah how's yeah. the writing process go it's uh so i was in school uh the whole idea was kind of something where i would i i wasn't able to commit all my time because mm-hmm. i already kind of knew i was already a little stretched in yeah maybe i was a little too ambitious even mm-hmm um so the guys would jam you know i'd be there like every third jam or so and they'd write songs and then i'd i'd put words on onto them you know it was cool with like things like youtube and all just how easy it is to record things now of yeah. quality mm-hmm. and you know and just instantly send it to one another so you know you've got something right there and chuck gets a riff and he's like here what do you guys think of this and yeah. then you know and then you know andrew will practice it and Corey. i mean i don't you know there's not a lot of drummers around like Corey Abbott, mm. so you're lucky to have him. 
Um, that was the first thing I noticed when I saw you guys live for the first time at the Panic Room was, yeah. the, was the drumming. I was like, man, he's hitting hard. Yeah, that's that's, hi- that's hip hop so Corey Abbott out there, man. So yeah. I was like, that's 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 legit. Oh, I hear some laughing. Yeah, they, but I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Should we keep talking? If we keep talking about him, you think is he'll get embarrassed? Like, is he, uh, is he turning red right now? What do you think, Chuck? Do you think Corey's getting red right now? No, 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 no. no. That's good. Think he's getting mad. He's getting mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna burst through the wall. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, it's, it's true though. I did. I, I did think that. I was like, like man, cool this dr- man. the drum, the hard hitting drums, the whole set. I was like, yeah. and it made the room sound so good. Because a lot of people, I mean, you're playing that music. It's so intense, and and sometimes the drummers aren't quite up to snuff power wise or whatever. Yeah. You know what it is? No. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. But yeah. anyway, you guys don't have that problem. So. You're only as good as your drummer. That's probably a pretty accurate statement. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a fact fact yeah he's always been a hard heavy hitter so, yeah. yeah cool yeah it makes a big difference yeah like these guys were the big kids when i was younger right so like bd was a band that you know we looked up to and all gone dead right okay so it's pretty cool to get to get to play with them so you're you're the youngin you're the young guy oh yeah yeah yeah, okay, um, okay. yeah I, I sit at the kids table a lot of the time gotcha. you know they're the big kids they start talking stories about you know the old days and i was like i don't know guys i was in diapers right <laughs> i was still hanging out at the mall that's cool so you're in a band full of mentors yeah yeah, yeah. that's neat well actually andrew the bass player and i he are closer he and i are closer in age so okay. we, we were we were friends in junior high okay yeah so, cool yeah do you ever miss the all gone dead days some things about it yeah, yeah. yeah i mean who, who doesn't miss being a kid yeah the youth right do, yeah. what, what about discovering music at that time like do you, so now like we're fed algorithm like the algorithms feed us music and i know you can still go out and find new music but do you do you do you find it better or worse is there any sort of like feeling attached to that like do you miss going do you were you like record shop hoppers before and now you just kind of download algorithm music like how do you any thoughts on that at all I miss mixtapes, I guess. Okay. I always had mixtapes. Your buddy would give you a mixtape. You know, you could get a mixtape from the other side of the country and, you know, mm-hmm. find stuff you never would have heard of, right? Yeah. But, I mean, it's great, the convenience of the internet, but I don't know. Does it make it less special, maybe? That- a, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Um, but everything that you ever wondered about like when you just had a mixtape in your hand you didn't know the the band members names what they looked like Mm -hmm. not that any of that matters but you know you just didn't have quite all the information yeah that the band you know was putting out there Mm -hmm. which you can easily get now Mm -hmm. so well, I think it's true. I mean, you a band would, be, would was a mystery until you went and saw them live. And then sometimes the way they looked would change. Like, you'd be like, wow, I would never have expected this band looked this way or yep. whatever. Or sometimes, like, you wouldn't even know they were in town. Like, maybe the sh- you missed the show, and then yep. you're like, oh, shit, you saw the poster after the fact. Whereas, like, nowadays, it's, like, slammed in your face all the time on Facebook, and, like, you're almost yeah. you're probably not going to miss the fact that a show's happening. Yeah. I, one of the bands that we kind of, like, um, in the early stages of the band sort of vibed on was i'm pretty i'm i'm confident that you put this tape in circulation but there's a band called dis sucks and talking about like a band that just like has that that effective there's this one tape you know it's played at parties non-stop mm-hmm. it was the most hardcore punk you'd ever hear like okay it was 
totally like you you know this was not cookie cutter pogo this was this was not fat records this was like crust melodic crust with the most insane and you know albeit violent and depressing lyrics mm -hmm. um that really resonated with certainly how i felt at the time mm -hmm. and uh they it was like it was like mystical right like it was just this tape you put that tape in you press play and it's like you don't know anything other than they're called this sucks yeah and they don't suck <laughs> it's really and, and it's like it becomes you know it, yeah and you don't really get that when you can just like sit on your phone and read their life story and then yeah. be like okay whatever see you later yeah now it's almost yeah. weird that you don't like that if you can't find information about a band and like become their best friends just by reading about them mm. it's almost weird now you're like oh i don't know anything about them yeah but back then yeah like a band might not even have a website they you just have the music really there's nothing else attached to it yeah yeah it just yeah. kind of trickled its way up from new england and made its way to new new brunswick and sure enough you know we got a hold of it because we were into that stuff that's that's interesting yeah that's cool but on the flip side i guess now there's probably all kinds of bands you can discover now that you just never would have discovered without the algorithms yeah yeah, yeah. and i think you know you can share in that sense of community right the community is so much smaller now because because communication so tight right? mm -hmm. cool. and, that, and that is cool that yeah. is cool yeah helps people grow yeah for sure do you write all the lyrics or did you write the lyrics for this uh, album, some, some of the some of the there's a couple lines in a few songs that like if i got i got stuck mm -hmm. you know another another one of the reasons i've I, i've got writer's block and i just you know yeah to to break the dam is just really hard for me right now oh, okay yeah uh you know and sometimes chuck would have lines that you know he would feel like the, something was resonating with him in the song and then yeah. i just kind of take it and cool and go with it sometimes it's just easier for me if you give me a title or an idea yep right it could, but to come up with the title or the idea in the first place is really hard mm -hmm. so yeah there's uh there's, uh, we, we play a couple covers like um you do an all gone dead cover right yeah yeah hard hard as fuck is an all gone dead song um we never got to we tried recording it twice and then both times it got deleted for some reason Oh, like back in the day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, they went on, they had a band called MSA for a while at West, and they, they played it, but they played it slow as fuck. So uh, I thought it would be good to bring back the kind of more original Speed it up. sort of vibe, vibe of it. Like really try to recreate what the song was, because I really remember it. Yeah, okay. And then uh, we play a Welfare Boys song. Uh, it's not on the record, drinking on credit. You know, there's a couple just like little songs that I just have sort of there. Okay um i said i'd never you know what i said i'd never play a tasty wang song in the band we play big boy look what happened i'm out <laughs> <laughs> tasty wangs knocked you out yeah. your swan song is that what that's yeah. called swan song yeah big swan song about <laughs> eating too much <laughs> there's a lot there's a line in this there's a line in uh working at war where it's, it's I, th I think this is what I heard. When your call center turns into an ammunitions factory, it might help to know something about metallurgy. Yeah, I was just kind of like that. Just stuck out to me. Is, it, was, is there like what's, the, what's is that like? A it's it's kind of partly to do with me. Like I studied I studied uh, welding engineering in school. Okay, cool. So I studied metallurgy. Mm -hmm. um, Did you used to work at call centers? Uh, no, I was in sales though for a really long time. So I did a lot of like phone call work and things. Okay. So. It's just kind of like um, it's just a statement about how easily you know your life can be disrupted 
and and just flip completely on its head and nobody's nobody's immune from that mm-hmm. do you know what i mean yeah and uh also it's you know it sucks but there's a lot of fighting going on and uh you know if you if you want to fight for the side that it thinks it's okay if john and jack get married then you know you might have to help build a tank or two mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that's 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 the way that is right that's that, and that's pretty what's cut and dry for me not that i'm advocating war or violence or anything mm-hmm. but all i'm saying is that it's it's a reality and uh and you know a lot of people in my um uh, my generation skipped over you know manufacturing type of work and and went to the call centers because they built these electronic plantations all around town and Mm -hmm. said you know this is going to be the new future well it was non-union work for just a little bit more than mcdonald's was paying yeah right you know yep i remember that era just grinding grinding out money for for the man right Mm -hmm. and uh and that took a lot of that was a big brain drain you know and then there's a lot there's you know there's a lot of people who who weren't out making things mm, i see know? okay i see what you're saying in that in interesting that frame yeah so they kind of lost the chance to, to 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 build skills that they maybe didn't even well, realize you never they, you never lose the chance you know unless you lose your hands i guess mm-hmm. in a horrible accident but um you know you gotta i guess it's what i'm more saying is to take don't don't ever think that you lost the chance right take take up Okay. your chance when yeah. you can yeah you know what i mean yeah i mean you're right i, I went back to school in my late 20s like i, I was kind of there too i was like mm. i went back to college and and totally turned like took a total 180 ended up at the pulp mill mm. um but think so do you think like the the union at the pulp mill they went before i started working there they went through a phase where like they agreed to a contract where their their wages didn't change for like eight or ten years like they didn't receive I can't speak to to another union or another contract or anything like that. Man. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know what happened there with that, and you know, just yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, it just kind of makes. It just makes like it just. It just the the wage things makes is in, I find strange because like if they offered more wages to the general workers anyway, like them being I guess the owners of production and the owners of the corporations. Most people would spend that money back into the system anyway, so it ends up in their pockets. Them again being the owners of capital and the owners of businesses. Do you think that money just ends up in their pockets anyway? So why not give the workers more money? Well, that's there is. Uh, if some people have too much money, then they'll spend more money on things. I mean, that there is other factors that you know create inflation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, I know people. It's it's when those things happen that it's especially important that people be treated and paid fairly. When like work. inflation happens, or when, when things like that happen. When yeah, things exactly. Like that happen. You okay. know, that's why it's so important to to you know fight in those times, especially. Do you think there's like an education component involved as well? Like, so when inflation happens, it makes everyone people who, like inflation can happen quickly, mm. and then if you're not familiar with how it unfolds it, i mean you're, all that you're kind of left with is anger is there like an education gap maybe and in, in, in people not learning about that sort of thing or i'm just kind of thinking out loud this is the first time i've ever played punk music with serious lyrics and look what's happened you know i mostly just used to sing about my genitals right <laughs> 
Am I putting you on the spot? Am I grilling? <laughs> we can talk about beer and, you know, <laughs> scooter. Yeah. Um, I just get concerned when it, people like end up just being angry. Like some people are just literally left with anger and it's hard to make, it's hard to move forward when people just end up angry. Yeah. Well, it's just hard to right. move forward when you're mad. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Mm. We don't have to get too deep into it. I was just curious. Yeah. No, that's fair. Cool. All right. So, any other? So, you got the, any other shows coming up this fall? That uh, I know Corey gave me some posters. So, um, just, or plans for a new songs? Those three, those three, three songs. Three. Yeah. yeah. Or three, three, three shows. Yeah. 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 No. I mean, Travis is Travis is writing stuff right yeah. now. So that's that's coming down the pipe. Uh, they, they they got a big upgrade too. I, I saw when they played. They played after the rip chords at the Punk Fest in Fredericton this summer. I don't mm-hmm. know if you were there for that. No, I wasn't. But it I, was phenomenal. They were just. It, it was. I've seen a lot of big bands. Like I've seen Flag. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've seen. Uh, I can't even think of all the bands that I've seen over the years. Like big big bands. You know, I used to go to Rock Fest every year. Mm-hmm. Chainsaw played that show that night. Okay, and cool. they were top tier. Awesome. Like you know first class day one like it was it, and i've seen them many times yeah right i mean the wangs and chainsaw played every other month together so mm-hmm. and this was just it was electric nothing like it so awesome. it's pretty cool that that's uh that he's he's agreed to give that a shot sweet yeah. and are you guys working on new tunes with travis now chuck or you, is there any writing going on um there is yeah yeah, yeah we've We've got a few songs that um, we're in process of writing, and then so now Travis is just gonna take a stab at those, I guess. And cool. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited because you know Travis just brings a certain energy. Yep. And you know that might inspire us differently or whatever. Right? Yeah. So, um. He's yeah. got a unique vocal style too. Like the tone of his voice is pretty. He does. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Think you'll record it same same spot? Um, probably not. No, no. Cool. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna step it up. Do some step it yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Who knows where though, man? We don't. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing's written. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The future need, is unwritten yeah. still. Okay, so nothing for sure. Yeah. I need I need certainty. That's how I work. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. This is all pretty new, so yeah, yeah. This, okay. yeah, I, I just dropped the bomb like a week ago. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Ooh, this is a scoop for the listeners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't even sure if I was going to bring it up, but thought thought I should. Out there now. Yeah, it's up there now. Out in space yeah. now. Yeah. For the aliens to listen to. Yeah, like they give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, if they need water, they might give a shit. Yeah. They might come to Earth if they need some water. What's that noise? Is that? Is that- the crinkling sound of tinfoil <laughs> man i was i was digging through some old boxes of some camping gear and they had like uh you remember when superstore used to do the yellow with like the like spray paint style letters on it for their like no name branding yeah i found a roll of tinfoil with that that uh that package <laughs> the other day for constructing tinfoil hats is that what you're yeah, getting at absolutely what <laughs> else do you use tinfoil for I don't know this whole roof's yeah uh, we're layered did you did you layer the ceiling under above the, uh, the drop ceiling with tinfoil yeah first thing i did when i started i don't in know here. Yeah, great 
keep the government out of my head. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever said that to me. <laughs> that explains a lot, doesn't it? All right, let's play some songs, maybe. I guess it's 8.52. I can't believe it's almost been an hour. That's pretty amazing. Um, any track uh, in particular that you'd like me to throw on? I was going to throw on Heat the Town. Yeah, I'm alright with that. Yeah, I think that's a good song. Sounds yeah, good. maybe I'll yeah. throw in "Heat the Town" and we'll just let the rest of the record roll from there. Okay. Yeah. Well, Sweet, and that'll get us to nine o'clock. So go. check you guys out this Saturday, mm-hmm. Panic Room. Let's run through the plugs. Panic Room Saturday. Yeah. August twenty sixth. Yeah. Just Panic like, Room. Oh yeah, good. Yeah, get those. Posters I got the posters there. right here. Thanks. So we got uh, Panic Room coming up August twenty sixth. With Heat Seeker from Fredericton and Artificial Dissemination. I actually don't know where they're from. Uh, they're from Toronto. From Toronto? Okay. Yeah. Uh, then we got November 3rd. Also at the Panic Room with the Rip Chords, the follow ups. 20 bucks. That'll 20, be good, eh? 20 bucks. 20 bucks, 25 at the door. Pay up. Pay up. It's worth it. Oh, September 9th. All right, Panic Room again. Bomb Squad. That's the name of the band? Yeah. Motherfuckers? Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah you're not uh, you're not swearing on the radio. You're stating a name. I'm stating a name. That's a proper name. Yeah, sweet. All right, all right. So everyone, go check those out. And uh, right now, I'm going to throw on "Heat the Town" by Willful Disobedience. Thanks a lot for coming in, guys. No sweat. Hopefully, man. Hopefully, it wasn't too too much of a grind. That's all right. All right, <laughs> it was a grind. <laughs> all right, here we go. Heat the town. Enjoy, everyone. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the Radical Fabulous.